Hello and welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really don't want to. In every single episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves and the other, well, I guess that's where the reluctancy comes in. I am Zach, and this is Scott. How you doing today, man? Zach, I'm I'm terrible. I have a huge, huge problem. <laughs> I am I am I'm in an awful spot right now because today at work at my store I saw a little kid with a hoodie that said King's Cross Station, platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> Fuck and yeah. I knew what that fucking meant. I was like, I was like the the Avengers meme, the Captain America. I was like, oh, I understood that reference. Except he was like happy and like go lucky. He's like, oh, I understood this. I was like filled with depression at dread at what my life had become. What have you oh, done to me, Zach? It's not that bad. What have you fucking done to me? I have shown you the light. Is what I have done. Oh boy, I don't know about that. I I'm I'm kidding. I am good, buddy. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good, man. I'm actually doing the same as I was an hour ago when we recorded our One Piece episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him how this works, Zach. I know, right? We record we record it the same day we release it. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with you? That's how that works. That's how that works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, we are jumping in here to the third book of Zach's precious Harry Potter series. We have finished the first two, both, uh, what was the first one? Sorcerer's something and Chamber of Secrets. Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. And we are now jumping into the Prisoner of Azkaban, which I have been, (laughs) what? I said yee yee. Yes, ye. I have been assured by multiple sources, uh, two people, two friends, that this is one of the better books in the series. So I'm, uh, I, I guess you could say my hype level is through the roof. I don't know. I, I'm not that hype. I'm reserving judgment as I usually do. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I look. This podcast wouldn't be what it is if you weren't objective. Exactly. So you know, that's it is what it is. If I came in and I was like, Prisoner of Azkaban, then that wouldn't be any fun. Well, um, also, that is definitely how I feel internally. Okay. Uh, this yeah. book is so fucking awesome, man. If you guys could see Zach if, like, on camera <laughs> right now, he's like visibly like shaking. Like His shoulders are all tensed up. He was li- He's like, literally, I can tell the anticipation flowing from him. Dude. Is some next level shit right now. It re- it really is, man. It's on a whole nother level. But buddy, I hate <laughs> to break it to you. By the way, we'll be going through the first five chapters of this book uh, for this first episode. Mm-hmm. Not a lot happens here. I know. I so know. So I understand I you're stoked for this book, and I mean a few things happen, but not a lot happens in these first five chapters. So, so you might want to save some of your enthusiasm for, for the next... The enthusiasm will be present throughout the rest of this entire <laughs> that's, series. That's fair. So. That's right. Promise the people what they want. The enthusiasm. <laughs> I love it. Uh, are you anyway. ready to jump in, buddy? What? <laughs> <laughs> I said, are you ready to jump in, buddy? Yeah, man, let's uh, let's get this thing going. Let's let's jump into 
Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Uh, like I said, first five chapters. We're let's 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 jump in here. Real quick note. I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous ones because we have heard of Azkaban before. That pretty baller name for like a prison. It sounds yeah. like a like a not cool place. Like Azkaban. It sounds like ooh, going to Azkaban. Ooh, yeah, you don't want to go there. Yeah, definitely I'll, I'll not. Give, I'll give props there. Um, speaking of great names, <laughs> my very first note here in chapter one. I believe Harry's doing homework. Uh, Bethilda Bagshot, still a great name. Hell still yes, a great name. Is. I think I've mentioned this before. Great fucking name. Real good. Uh, by the way, quick sidebar here. Is this is this a British thing or is this a com- am I just an old man? Is this a common kid thing for kids to have summer vacation homework? Or is this like a British thing? Well, you wouldn't know anyway because you were homeschooled. Okay. You just had to bring that up again. I mean, dude, you teed me up. Guys, this is not a joke. Scott was, in fact, homeschool. I was, in fact, and I did, in fact, tee you up. (laughs) Uh, Also, I'm an old-ass man, so this was back in, like, the 50s. No, I'm kidding. When I went to school, uh, (laughs) did you have summer vacation homework? No, never. Okay. I wonder if this is a British thing. This is all, like, Harry's, like, talking about all this homework he has to do. I'm like, dude, that sucks. Anyway... Um, so he's writing this essay <laughs> that's just supposed to be titled Witch Burning in the 14th Century Was Pointless Discuss. And I'm like, Jesus, that is a really cold <laughs> and brutal topic for an essay for a kid to be doing. And then I read the next paragraph where it just explains like, oh yeah, they, they couldn't actually hurt any of these people. These witches and wizards like would just do like a freezing spell on the flames and it just was like a tickling sensation. Yeah. And they they mentioned that one particular one particular witch uh got burned forty six times because she just loved the sensation <laughs> of the of the burning. <laughs> this character, Wendelin the Weird, is now my fucking hero. That yeah. is rad. I can just imagine Wendelin showing up the next day wearing like a fake mustache and being like, Oh, what's up guys? I'm I'm a witch. You better burn me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. Uh big fan of Wendelin the Weird. Hell um yeah. D- don't you love how in the in the passage that it's uh reading you the essay that it's just like the wit- the witcher wizard would just perform a basic flame freezing charm as yeah. if it's like like, yeah, right. this is just every day. This is a fucking right. day in it's the like, life. Oh, it's just a basic flame freeze charm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, we discuss. I think this might have been our One Piece series that we discussed this, but you asked me what, like, my like my epithet, my nickname would be if I was a yeah. character in this thing. Can I just be the weird? Can I just be Scott the weird? Because I, I like that. Well, it works better with alliteration like Wendelin. <sighs> it does. Wendelin, yeah. Jeez, Wendelin's awesome. Almost as cool as Bathilda Bagshaw. Actually cooler. They're both great. Bethilda Bagshot, Wendell and the Weird, A+. What, what do you think? Hey, so, like, aside from the joke name, right, what's the mm-hmm. best, like, who's the best named character that you know of? Not, like, joke name? Yeah. Like, in this series specifically, or just that yeah, I know? Yeah, no, 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 in Harry Potter. Um, I don't know. All the good ones are joke names. Uh, actually... <laughs> You're such a bitch. <laughs> Snape, I feel like Severus Snape is a very appropriate name because it, it it you know 
it invokes like this is like a very severe and strict teacher sounding dude. Yeah. I know you're you're looking at me glaring at me like that because this is just more love for my boy Snape and you I hate, hate him, him. But yeah, uh, you don't think Minerva McGonagall is fucking good? I mean, it's good. Yeah, I don't know. They're all, I like I said, I like all the names. <laughs> I like them all. Uh, most okay. of them, I guess I should say. Okay. Uh, next note here. <laughs> Ron yelling through the telephone at Vernie is pretty hilarious because <laughs> yeah, Ron fucking doesn't know how a telephone works because he's he's a goddamn moron. I mean, it's because he's a wizard and he's never used one, but also because he's a goddamn moron. So he's like yelling at the te- through the telephone, and it pisses Vernie on. Um, pisses him off. Pisses him on. off. Did I say it pisses him on? Yeah, Ooh, that's what you said. That's 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 really he's really pissed. Uh, okay, my my next note here is a question. Maybe you can answer this for me, bud. Sure. What contractual obligation does Rowling have to always start these books on Harry's birthday? Does she get some kickbacks from Big Birthday here? That's like, oh, we have to start this on Harry's birthday. <laughs> um, I think it, I think it's just uh, it signals like his starting place. You know what I mean? Like like his story. When you think back to like the first book, mm-hmm. it's his his birthday hits, and then Hagrid, it, right. Like that. That's when that's when the story truly like gets going well, i don't know well, i just see, okay. i just think it's like a it's just a common like placeholder to to get it going i guess sure. i don't know and, and that's yeah that, this this is more of a joke question than anything but was so was he wait was he you'll have to remind me was he one years old when voldy attacked him because he was a baby right had he like just been born yes or was he like one he was like one okay so that was his first birthday when hagrid shows up with him and they drop him on the doorstep then Yes. Okay. You're looking at me like you're not sure if this is accurate. And once again, I well, would like to reference your bold claims about having never lost any Harry Potter or anything ever in your life. And every time I ask you a question, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> He's Googling this. Is this how you win your Harry Potter trivias by using go- the Google machine? Harry's birthday is July 31st, 1980, which I didn't know that. And his parents were killed on Halloween, uh, oh, okay. 1981. So he is exactly 15 months old. So it wasn't his birthday. Correct. It wasn't his birthday, but he was okay. over a year old. So she did, to, to be fair to her, she did not start the first book on his birthday. That was like the second chapter was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, okay, fair okay. enough. All right. All right, moving on. Enough about birthdays. Uh, so the Weasleys won a sweepstakes, and uh, they took a vacay to Egypt with Bill. Ron is getting a new wand, which I'm like, it's about goddamn time. I think I griped about his goddamn wand all of the last book. Um, Egyptian wizards seem rad as fuck. Uh, I think I think, I think this is, is this a letter from Ron to Harry here? Yeah. Where he's talking about how... They put all these crazy like spells and shit on their on the pyramids and on the tombs. Like that's rad. Uh, I want a whole story just about all these Egyptian wizards. Um. Also, my next note just here says Fred and George put beetles in Bill's soup, which is pretty great. And P.S. Percy is head boy. Our boy Percy, our favorite, our favorite guy is now head boy he's completed his journey he's arrived at the pinnacle 
of being a douchebag. <laughs> He's the true villain of the series. Yes. Um, I hate him so much. Hermione gets him a lovely present. I think it's like a uh, a broom maintenance kit or something like that. Yeah. Hagrid gets him a book that's like a, a monster book that literally <laughs> scuttles around like a bug and bites him. Yep. Ne- never change, Hagrid. Never change. Um, <laughs> he does say something ominous about how he might need it for the school year. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, but I think that gets cleared up here in a later chapter. Um. And yeah, that's that's pretty much this entire first chapter. Uh, Harry's Harry's stoked on the fact that he's like never gotten any birthday presents before, and f- uh, this time, unlike last time, his his friends actually managed to get stuff to him, and he's he's very happy. Chapter two. Um, this is where we get to meet uh, Aunt Petunia. Um. <laughs> hey, can we can we just? like acknowledge just how rad of a friend Hermione is. Yes. Like always. that's such a thoughtful gift. Yes. Like she's a good gift giver and she's, that, it's awesome. she's good at basically everything. Like yes. I shudder to think how dead Harry would be <laughs> if not for Hermione through these first couple books. Yeah. No kidding. She is the MVP of everything. Um, Hermione's great. Yeah, it's a great gift. It's you're right. It's very thoughtful. It's like, man, that is thoughtful. It's sweet. It's nice. It's it's a great gift. Harry loves his Quidditch and loves his broom. Um, and it's it's a great gift. Uh, I just have I I can't remember if this is talking about Uncle Vernon or if this is Aunt Petunia because they do make mention of her having a mustache. My, my next note just says very little neck and a lot of mustache. I think there, this is specifically about Vernie. No, actually, this is about Aunt Marge. Oh, did I say it is Marge? Where did I get Petunia from? Well, that's his aunt's name. Aunt Marge is is uh his I don't know if it's Vernon's or... Oh, 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 right, 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 okay. I think it's Vernon's sister or something like that. Wait. It's Vernon's... Right, right, okay. So his Aunt Petunia is Vernon's wife. Aunt Marge is Vernon's sister. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I was getting confused there. And she's a fucking big fat bitch. Yes, she's <laughs> she's awful as the Dursleys are. Uh, yes. Once again, we get really beaten over the head here with how shitty people the Dursleys are. Uh, I just have a quote here. I think Aunt, so. Wait, so Marge is the one that's visiting them. Yes, she's yes, the one okay. with very little neck and a lot very of mustache. Very little neck and a lot of mustache. <laughs> That's pretty great. It's a good descriptor. Uh, I have a quote here. I think she says this about Sirius Black, and I just thought that was, this was funny. Look at the state of him, the filthy layabout. And I just love the phrase, the filthy layabout. Because um, I see Sirius Black on the the Muggle News, um, and we'll, yep. we'll, we'll touch more on him later. Um. Vernie tells Harry that we've told Marge you attend St. Brutus's Secure Center for Incurably Criminal Boys, which is not only a mouthful to say, but that's pretty funny. Just incurably criminal <laughs> boys is pretty funny. Yep. Um, Harry makes a deal with old Vernie that he will behave for Aunt Petunia, 
if Vernie signs his permission form to go to the village, third years can go to Hogsmeade, and Harry wants Vernie to sign that. Fuck yeah. Vernie, pretty reasonable here. He's like, all right, you, you got yourself a deal if you if you behave. Um, Amptune, no, shit, Aunt Marge. I wrote it down here wrong in my notes. Aunt Marge is even more awful than the other Dursleys. Yes. She's like a real piece of shit. Uh, she really pushes Harry when talking about his parents, saying just truly awful things about these fucking people are dead. Like his parents are dead, and you were just shitting all over them. She's bad, but I have a note here. These cartoon character villains are a little too much for me. She might as well be twirling her mustache, which we know she has. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by cartoon? Like, like she's just too over the top bad? Yes, it's too over the top. It's just like cartoonishly evil. Just like, it's like, okay, we get it. Like, it's 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 too much. I want a little more subtlety in my shitty villain characters. Gotcha. I mean, I think I think we get. Well, I guess you haven't actually met any of there. There's some more low key like. There's good villains in this story, right? And I believe that, and that's what I want, and I'm sure we'll get to them. But it's just the Dursleys specifically. Like the Dursleys make fucking Joffrey look like not an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that's not true, but that's not true even a little bit. But you know, <laughs> um, Harry blows up her wine glass and then accidentally inflates her. Uh, and then he busts open the cupboard. All this is without his wand, by the way. I, I need to ask you, because there seems to be, like, little consistency with, like, how much magic someone can do with or without their wand. Because he seems to be able to do some pretty powerful magic things here before he manages to get his wand out of the closet. So, so okay, that's actually a good and very fair question. Um, So, the thing is, is all wands do is they act as an amplifier and they and they act as a pinpoint to how to direct the magic right okay and so but by by using a combination of of wand work and spell work you can project a specific magic right okay a specified magic uh all witches and wizards <laughs> all witches and wizards can project magic um in fact uh there's an article I think it's an article or maybe it's a short story on Pottermore um, that actually even explains that there are some witches and wizards, jeez, witches and wizards in, um, I think they're in Africa that don't actually practice uh, spell work through wands. Um so yeah, you 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 can project a magic, and the thing is, is Harry's not intentionally like trying to make her blow up or trying to blow right. up her glass, right? It's just it, his emotions are are causing these things to 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 happen, right? Uh, without his control, so he he has no um, direction for his magic since he doesn't have his wand. Sure, but I mean, he sure directs it, if you will, at the person who is pissing him off at the most, and then he manages to bust open the locked cupboard uh, without the aid of his wand. Like, I guess what I need to know, what I, what I want to know is when, in like the last book, when Riddle's got his wand and is like, Harry is on the floor with nothing, and he's like, yeah, you ain't shit, 
it seems like there's like there are some things Harry could have done to like fight back against Riddle even without his wand. Like Possibly. what good so how much does really good does it do like when someone like disarms your wand? Well, so so the the understanding is that if somebody disarms your wand, they also that that means they have a wand. Sure. I mean, you're you're basically taking a knife to a gunfight, you know, at that point. Okay, that's you fair. know, um, but I mean that, that that's actually a pretty fair observation. Like, I guess if if it's driven by emotion, and so I don't know that this is the true answer, but I guess thinking this through and talking this out, you, you would just expect that people who have been trained with a wand all their life, they're they're training themselves to to amplify their magic with their wand, which means that they're at the same time suppressing the emotional like outbursts of magic that they're having because they're channeling their magic through their wands. Sure. So, so I guess it's like, I mean, you could, I think your, your knife to a gunfight analogy is, is, is fairly apt. And it's like, you know, Hey, if this was, if these people were like trained combatants, obviously you give them a sword, they're going to be more dangerous they could still probably do some things without a sword and fight you, but if they're going up right. against someone with a sword, they're probably going to get fucked up. Yes. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. All right. Um, so, yeah, he, he does all this without his wand, but he gets, he gets his trunk and all his shit out of the closet, grabs his wand, straight up just threatens Vernie with it, is like, back off, motherfucker, uh, grabs his shit and takes off. He's just out. Leaves the house. What I've been wanting him to do for, like, literally two books. Hell yeah. Um, and he's out. So, and that's the end of chapter two. Um, any Anything I missed here, Zach? Anything you want to touch on? Um, no. No, just... Uh, no. Actually, <laughs> actually that, that's it. Okay. Man, gotcha. you flew through that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Harry here is just as surprised as I am that the Ministry of Magic isn't swooping down on him right now after all the magic he did and how many rules he broke. As uh, you should be. As I should about be. That. Yeah. And then <laughs> my next note just here says, I'm sure he'll actually get rewarded for it, <laughs> which <laughs> isn't too far from the truth because holy shit, do these books love to reward Harry for breaking rules? Uh huh. Um, did you have something to say? To no, me? no, no. I said, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, no, that gotcha. you're you're right. You're you you hit the nail on the head. Right. So because yeah, in the last book, literally someone else, that dumbass Dobby, all he did was like levitate a bowl and then crash it down. And it wasn't even him, and a fucking owl came busting in immediately and was like, cut that shit out with the magic kid. Meanwhile, this time it actually is him doing the magic, and he's doing some like actual real magic. Well, listen, I, I, I'm not going to say specifically what, but your your question and concern will be answered. No, I know, and it kind of sort of is already. I'm just saying, like, they sure were Johnny on the spot last time, and this time it's like, where the fuck are they? So, <laughs> Harry is now contemplating life as a magical drifter. Just, uh, you know, a vagabond <laughs> with magic powers. It is so funny to reread that, like, as an adult and just be like, dude, this guy is so dramatic. Yes. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'll just be a hobo on the trains, just hitching rides. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, 
when but yeah he's contemplating his new life as a as a hobo drifter magical user when he thinks he sees something in the dark like a dog but massive he describes it but then out of nowhere the night bus shows up um apparently this night bus comes to help stranded wizards harry tells him his name is neville for some reason and uh he gets on um <laughs> so we need the fucking king dude Stan Shunpike. Stan? Eh. I kind of had a feeling you would love Stan. I don't know why. I wasn't Stan. I just, I just think he's funny. Eh. Um, he does have a good quote here, which I think... <laughs> this, I felt like this was directly directed at me after how much I bitched about how no one notices uh, them going through the wall at platform nine and three quarters. So I, I wrote this quote directly. Harry asks him, how come muggles don't hear the bus? Them said Stan contemptuously. Don't listen properly. Do they don't look properly either? Never notice nothing. They don't. She gives him like a weird accent. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like this was directly leveled at me and all my criticisms of how no one ever notices them going through the walls. And I know you try to defend it with like, wow, well, it's because they don't want to acknowledge magic being a real thing. Which sure, fine. But again, I would like to also point out that plenty of muggles saw a flying car and thought that shit was strange. So you can't have it both ways. Fine. That's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> so, I, I love, so I immediately fell in love with Stan because his introduction is, you know, Harry's on the floor and he's like, he asks him what he's doing down there. And Harry says, fell over. And Stan goes, what you fall over for? <laughs> he says, I didn't do it on purpose, Harry said, annoyed. And then he goes, uh, Harry's like looking over his shoulder and he's like, what you looking at? <laughs> Stan's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Harry goes, there was a big black thing, like a dog, but massive. He looked around at Stan, whose mouth was slightly open. With a feeling of unease, Harry saw Stan's eyes move to the scar on Harry's forehead. It's, I just think it's funny that Stan's just the most oblivious, just like, what the fuck are you doing on the floor for? <laughs> yeah. What'd you fall for? What, what's, what's up I with that? I fell. What'd you fall for? Yeah. Stan. That's good. You and your precious Stan. Um, so yeah, uh, Harry reads the newspaper about Sirius Black and apparently Corny Fudge, my boy Corny Fudge told the Muggle prime minister about him. So the Muggle prime minister is aware of the wizarding world then. Yes. Yes. That is a good observation, Scott. So yeah, I find this interesting that the prime minister apparently like, is has is aware of the wizarding world and like works with corny fudge apparently a little bit on some things that's that's interesting to me so i i i uh i want you to know because i'm sure you'll forget by the time this happens i never forget i am incredibly happy that you are acknowledging that again i i know i've said this several times but like you know because i know you on a personal level but Mm -hmm. scott reads and watches television very intentionally, mm-hmm. uh, and it just it just makes me happy because like yes, um, one of my favorite chapters in this series has a lot to do with the Muggle Prime Minister Ooh. and him knowing what he knows. It won't happen for a long time, and I won't say more than that because it, it doesn't. It, I don't feel me saying that is really 
giving any story away because you've already made that observation. But that went over my head reading it as a kid. You know what I mean? It's it's so good. This is what this feels like when I tell you about something in One Piece that happens like literally 600 episodes later. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly that. It's infuriating because I really want I want to get to the good stuff, you know? Right. And that's 600 episodes. That's not an exaggeration. There's literally 950 plus episodes. Never mind. Anyway. This is garbage. Let's um, go. We're, we're talking about a good series right now. Oh, how dare you. So the Muggles have been told that Black is carrying a gun a kind of metal wand that muggles use to kill each other. I think this is directly <laughs> lifted from the paper here. Yes. Uh, a kind of metal wand that muggles use to kill each other. The magical community lives in fear of a massacre like that of 12 years ago when Black murdered 13 people with a single curse. So they're really just establishing here that like Black is a bad dude and powerful. Like I- I'm no curse expert but murdering 13 people with one curse seems like a pretty pretty powerful curse um so yeah they so i think he's talking to the two the two bus driver guy people here they tell harry that he was basically voldy's second in command and when voldy went down they came to get him in the middle of a muggle street and there was a curse that killed one wizard and 12 muggles i think i got that right Yep. Um, when it happened, Sirius Black just stood there laughing and just that when backup came to come get him, he just kind of kind of went with him, went quietly, just laughing. And these guys say he's mad or if not already mad, definitely will be once he goes to Azkaban. Um, so let's pause for a second. Let's um, so we, we've established, Scott, in, in, in our first episode that you you have watched the movies. Mm hmm. And when I asked you, you know, what do you remember? You're mm-hmm. pretty vague. Yes. Um, which I'm sure it's because your your memory of the movies is also probably pretty vague. But yes. do you do you know? I guess like, do you remember this movie at all? No. The the one I, I was gonna get touch on this later, but <laughs> I think I may have mentioned this in our first episode. The one thing I think I'm pretty no, sure I, I know what you're gonna is say. the fucking rat. Yes, and already with stuff that is happening in the, the rat, I think this might be where that comes to fruition. Gotcha. That's my theory, anyway. That's just my thought. Sure, right. The rest of this, I'm no like, like you the know the name thing, Sirius Black. What's that? You know the name Sirius Black. I know the name Sirius Black, sure, but I, I don't know if that's from me remembering or just hearing people say it, you know. I mean, I think he's a pretty important character. I've heard people say the name before. You don't know just, who he is? No. I, with When Harry talked about like what looked like a massive dog, something rang a bell in my head. Is like, oh, yeah, this, are there werewolves in these books? So I don't know if there's something about like a werewolf. Sure. But okay. I do not know who Sirius Black is. Okay. My, <laughs> I I said uh, just literally a minute ago that I never forget. I forget everything. I have a terrible <laughs> memory. <laughs> so yeah, I, I again I, I was not invested at all when I watched these. That's movies, you know? that's I, super fair. 
yeah, I I was watching them because I was bored at college and had nothing better to do. And, you know, I fucking I think I burned through all of these in probably like a day or something stupid like that. Gotcha. So I was not invested. I didn't care. I was just like, sure, whatever. You know, I have Fair. them here. So that's that's good because um, just I guess to, to have a little bit of a baseline, so, you know, in in a roundabout way, I want you. I want to share with you why I love this book. Mm-hmm. It's. I know this is weird to do it in the middle of a chapter, but some of the stuff that we're talking about just sure. no, that's made, fine. you know prompted me. Um, you in the, the reason I want to make it make a point to say this is because I know that you care about this stuff too. Right? Is you and I both? I mean, love to no end. Really, getting to know like the past of a present story. Yes. Like the the how come, right? The the how, how are we here? Make it make sense, right? Um and so as a reader, not so much as a movie watcher because the although this movie is actually I will give it some credit. This movie is is probably the best translated book to film mm-hmm. in the series. It's still like nothing compared to the the revelation that you get of just like of just learning whether it's a big reveal and it's like a oh my god surprise type of thing or just like just having that foundation of like oh my god like i'm learning about everything right now right right so that's what i love about this book that's what i think i am hoping you will love about this book sure uh and i just wanted to see what you knew already so i would know what would be a reveal and what would not be so yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think you have to worry about me <laughs> certainly knowing too much. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I will, if there is enjoyment with, like, twists and reveals to be had, you know, I'm sure I will still get that same enjoyment. Because, yes, like I said, I, I know the name Sirius Black, but I do not remember who this is. Sounds important. I'm sure he's important because, like I said, I know I've heard the name through osmosis several times. People talk about him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he's important. I just don't know what that importance is yet. Cool. Okay. Um, cool. I'm I'm glad I asked because for sure. Yeah. All no, right. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we kind of went through that as well. So, so the, so yeah. So the, these guys are telling him basically he'll definitely go mad once he goes to Azkaban. They're basically like saying how horrible Azkaban is. Harry thinks he's for sure gonna go to Azkaban for inflating Aunt Marge, and he is terrified. Uh. He gets off the bus at Diagon Alley, and uh, Corny Fudge is just there waiting for him. My boy is on his game. Is like, ah, yes, there you are. And Harry's like, ah, shit. Because Harry was like, literally, like, <laughs> thought he was on the yeah. run. Like, he was a smooth motherfucker and was like, literally about to hop the train out of town to get away from Azkaban. And Corny Fudge is like, oh, there you are, Harry. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. And Harry's like, shit. <laughs> Have you have you gone back and listened to the audio book uh, just to hear Corny Fudge's voice? No, I still need to. It's so good. It's basically Gilderoy Lockhart 2.0. It's so good. <sighs> okay, well now I, I do. <laughs> he really is incredible. I I will try and listen to that for next time. I almost started. <laughs> I almost started doing the audio book for this one again. Uh, because I had some extra Audible credits and I didn't want to pay for the Kindle version of this book because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cheap ass. But then I realized when I started it, I was like, I can't effectively absorb the information that I need to listening to it rather than reading it. So, uh, Well, I appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, this, this and our listeners appreciate you. it. I'm sure they do. Anyway... <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, Corny Fudge is waiting for him, takes him inside the tavern. He explains that the mess is the Dursleys has been cleaned up, but they're still willing to take him back next summer. My question is why? The, for how shitty a people the Dursleys are, and I guess we kind of discussed this last time, It's you're probably going to tell me it's just because they love to torture Harry, but it's just like, they they should just be like happy to be rid of him forever. But they're just like, no, yeah, we'll take him back next summer. <sighs> okay. This is one of those that I've just got to take it until until later. Okay, fine, fair enough. Um, so this is so hard, Scott. <laughs> Listen, buddy. I just want to explain stuff to you. Don't explain things, you fucker. I am a fucker. Fudger. Fudger, meanwhile, tells him that he should stay in a room in the Luigi Cauldron for his last three weeks of vacay. Harry is shocked that they're not going to punish him. Fudge is like, nah, bro, it was an accident. We don't send people to Azkaban for blowing up their ants. Uh, And, yeah, Fudge is, like, just hand-waving this whole thing. Uh, Harry tries to get corny. Good, good. Sly move here by Harry. I appreciate the effort. He tries to get Corny to sign his permission form, but this is when Corny gets weird and he's like, "No, I I can't. Uh, rules, rules, Harry." Blah blah. And he also says it's better if he doesn't go to Hogsmeade at all this year. It's better if he just stays at the school. So this is where Corny's acting a little like <laughs> fudgy, a little sus, a little. F- <laughs> yes, please don't ever say the word sus to me. Um, he's asking a little, he's acting a little suspicious. He's, he's like, uh, no, yeah, don't leave the school. That's a bad idea. Bad, 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 bad. So, yeah. Um, and that's the end of chapter three. Uh, Harry's gonna just chill out, uh, here at this, uh, what is it called again? This tavern? The books? The uh, Leaky Cauldron. Uh, Leaky Cauldron. Leaky Cauldron. Thank you. Yes. Uh, by the way, I don't have a note about this, but this Tom dude that runs, runs the tavern seems like a real nice guy. He's always taking care of Harry. (laughs) Um, that's yeah, he's a fucking know. creep in the in the movie, dude. It's, it's really it's pretty funny, actually. That's he's funny. very much like the um, the uh, what's like the hunchbacked um, like yes, man, Notre like Dame, the creepy dude, huh? Notre Dame. No, 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 no. It's like a <laughs> he is. I think he is he like the helper for for Frankenstein. Oh, uh, Quasimodo. No, stupid. no, no, no. That's that's that's, that's Notre, Notre Dame, Dame you idiot. <laughs> it's uh oh fuck. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Right? He's got the one Dr. big Frankenstein's eye, one helper eye, dude. Hunchback. Yes, master. That guy. Jeez, I can't believe I can't think of this. I know who you're talking about. Though. Well, anyway, like he that? looks exactly like that. It's a. It's actually kind of creepy. I hate wow. it. <laughs> um. No, he seems like a nice dude here in here in the books. Anyway. Uh, so Harry is chilling in Diagon Alley for three whole weeks. This is this is the dream, man. Have you ever had this kind of freedom where like you're just like chilling in like a cool place for a long period of time, and you can just do whatever you yeah, want? Yeah, you can just do whatever like you as want a child, or I mean, because I have now, yes, but <laughs> <laughs> either or. Uh, well, yes. Then the answer is yes. <laughs> okay, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, it's a cool feeling to have just like. This kind of freedom for like multiple weeks at a time, where you just like wake up late, go have go have a nice breakfast, you know, out out in on the patio or something. It's just this just made me think of like simpler times, I guess. I don't know. 
Wow, um, man, that was deep. That yeah, I'm really getting teary eyed over here. Uh, Harry gets a free ice cream sundae every half hour. He makes it. That's too much. That's way too much ice cream. A whole sundae every half hour. No, that's too much ice cream. I agree. That's way too much ice cream. Hey, but you know what, man? It's magic. <laughs> does Harry have a magic stomach? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure okay, he does. Uh, crazy new broom called the Firebolt that's crazy expensive. I'm sure Harry will get one for free instead of getting expelled at some point. Um, that That's definitely... Oh, my God. Just the, I, That was a joke, but the look I just got from Zach makes me think that's actually going to happen, and I hate Harry so much. God damn it. Don't give me that look. Uh, I fucking hate... Of course. Why did I even think that was a joke? Of course oh that's actually going to happen. I love you. Jesus. <laughs> well, you went and broke 30 school rules again, Harry. Here's a firebolt. God damn it. Harry is starting divination, and he needs a book for that. This whole divination thing makes me think, I really hope this brings the stone centaurs back into my life. I, I need more of these stone centaurs. I hope the stone centaurs teach divination. That's That's my dream. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's what I hope. For. I'll let your dream be a dream. Okay, thank you. Please don't crush my dream right now. Uh, Harry sees a book about death omens with a huge black dog on the cover, and it reminds him of what he saw that night, and he's a little little freaked out about it. Uh, so we're, we're getting down to the, the start of school here, and uh, it's like the last day or whatever before school starts, and uh, Ron and Hermione show up. There is a quote for, <laughs> there's a quote from the book here that I am very confused about. The first part makes sense. It says, Ron looks very freckly and Hermione looks very brown. Did 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 my girl get a tan or what? Is, <laughs> what does that mean? I think she was also abroad. Uh... Did you just call her abroad? How dare you? That's offensive. <laughs> No, I'm I'm pretty sure that she was traveling. So wait, with her she parents. did actually get a tan? I think so, yeah. Um it just describes her as very brown. That's such a weird way of saying that. That, that, that is pretty weird. I don't think I ever realized that. Yeah. It's Hold on, I'm trying to find this actually cuz that's funny. Well, while you're keeping Looking incredibly freckly, Hermione very brown. <laughs> yeah, just very brown. No explanation for Both it. Waving other than that frantically at him interesting yep so hermione is going to take muggle studies despite growing up in a muggle home which ron is giving her shit about but she says it will be interesting studying it from a wizard point of view and i'm I'm like that's that's cool that's a good on you from hermione there that's that's that is an interesting angle for something that like obviously she's very familiar with what it's like to be a muggle because she grew up as one for nine or ten years or whatever it was right but seeing it from that different point of view i think is cool good good on your hermione oh boy zach zach are you ready new favorite scott character alert oh my god can you guess who this is uh no my fucking guy crookshanks Oh my god, you would be a Crookshanks. Crookshanks 
is maybe the greatest name I can ever think of for a cat. <laughs> I've literally, Zach, I'm not exaggerating when I am saying that all day at work today, I was thinking about the name Crookshanks. Every That's- couple minutes, I would just be like, Crookshanks, what a great <laughs> fucking name. <laughs> It is it's a good name. It's so good. It yeah. is such a good name. I love this cat. New favorite character. Lockhart who. It's all about Crookshanks. Hermione, gonna get an owl. But then she sees this fucking baller of a cat named Crookshanks. And she's like, no, yeah, I need this cat. Um, He's like a, a ginger cat, an orange cat, my favorite kind of cat. Uh, Crookshanks is so rad. He's rad. He hates scappers, just like me. Um, we've had several mentions of this scappers rat by now, and as we briefly touched on earlier, I'm pretty sure that rat's a dude. And <laughs> despite all the problematic things that that brings up, um, I just don't like scappers. So the fact that it's this, scabbers uh, with bees, not peas. You're right. It is. I haven't written scappers, but whatever. Who cares? Fuck scabbers. Uh, the fact that Crookshanks hates that piece of shit rat makes me like him even more. Um, so yeah, Crookshanks is number one power ranking for Scott's favorite characters. Uh, this was very funny. I copied this directly from the book because I thought this was great. This is, they're having dinner with like the Weasleys and everything. And... (laughs) Fred and George making fun of Percy is always so good, and it's, it's so the good best. here. Percy, I live for it, man. Yes, I'm so here for it. Percy is being a real pompous ass because he's a head boy now, and he's like all being smarmy about, I hope you're well, said Perby, Percy pompously shaking hands. It was rather like being introduced to the mayor. Very well, thanks. Harry, said Fred, elbowing Percy out of the way and bowing dim- deeply. Simply splendid to see you, old boy. <laughs> Marvelous, said George, brushing Fred aside and seizing Harry's hand in turn. Absolutely spiffing. <laughs> Absolutely spiffing is an amazing phrase. Yeah. Uh, and then Mrs. Weasley gets on to him and she's like, that's enough now. And Fred as though he's only just spotted her, seizing her hand to, how really corking to see you. <laughs> I love Fred and George. They they say the funniest stuff. Do you have a favorite of them? No, I mean, they're just, they're like... They're, they're one entity to you? They're one and the same, yeah. Is, I don't think there's been a single time in the books when we've seen them separate. Do you have a favorite between them? Yes, but we won't talk about that. Oh, God. Okay, fair enough. Does one of them turn evil? I don't know if I could handle that. Actually, that'd be cool. (laughs) Whichever one turns evil is my favorite. (laughs) Okay. I'll just answer your question You know what, man? We'll circle back to that. We'll circle back to that when Fred turns evil, and Fred's my favorite. Okay. Uh, Fred and George tried to shut Percy in a pyramid, also is mentioned here, which is pretty great. When they were in Egypt, um, God, I can't get over how funny, how really corking to see you, the things they say. Uh, <clears throat> so Harry overhears Mr. and Mrs. Weasley arguing about, uh, Mr. Weasley wants to tell Harry about Sirius Black, and Sirius Black apparently wants to kill him, and Mrs. Weasley's like, no, we can't tell him, he'll be terrified, uh, but my boy Arthur 
is like, nah, he fucking needs to know. Um, several mentions of the Azkaban guards here. They say they'll be stationed at the entrance to the school grounds. Dumble doesn't like them, but agreed to this. Um, Arthur also mentions here that he also does not like these Azkaban guards, and we can see why here later when we also meet the Azkaban guards. Um, Fred and George took Percy's badge and changed it to Big Head Boy instead of Head Boy, which is pretty great. Uh, they continue Dude, to... Dude, that, that remains... To this day, one of my favorite just little gags that just, it's kind of a throwaway gag. It's so good. Everything they do is so funny. I I love Fred and George. Uh, Harry isn't scared of Sirius. He's just upset that he can't go to Hogsmeade. Uh... He's he's kind of being an arrogant little bitch boy here. He's he's getting a little pompous. He makes mention of the fact here about like uh, in his thoughts. He's like, I've faced Voldy three times and won all three. Why should I be afraid of Sirius Black? The boy's getting a little high on his horse, and I hope, I really hope, if if this book is written well, that that will come around and bite him in the ass. I really, really hope because also. He's right, and that that's kind of a, a big problem I've had with the book so far is Harry needs to take some L's because it's not interesting if the hero just wins all the time. That's, that's not an interesting storytelling, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, he's, he's absolutely right. He's faced Voldy three times, and he's won all three now. And it is like, yeah, that's a little lame and boring. I, I really hope... If I was writing this story, uh, him getting him getting like a little arrogant about this is is a good setup for what I hope comes around and bites him in the ass. Um, but we shall see. Time will tell. I guess we uh, shall see. That's uh, that's the end of chapter four. Any anything else I missed here, bud? Uh, no, no, uh, not at all. Really, I I mean that was that was pretty that was pretty clean and to the point. Um. I I do, I do like how up until now we only ever hear of the Azkaban guards as the Azkaban guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if JK Rowling didn't know what she wanted to call them. <laughs> and then she was like, "You know what? This is what we're going to call yeah. them." Chapter 5, The Dementor. Um yeah, spoiler, that's the name of this chapter and we do meet the Azkaban guards. Uh they're cool, man. They're they're I mean like they suck, but like they're they're a cool concept. Oh, you mean these Nazgul ass motherfuckers? Yes, the Nazgul. <laughs> they're just straight up the Nazgul. Let's I mean they're here. not, but sure. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um first note I have here for chapter five, Percy's owl is named Hermes. For all the shit name. I give her Percy, it's Good fucking name for an owl. Yeah. Good fucking name for an owl. Real good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. He, but boy, boy may be an ass, but he knows how to name an owl. Um, Arthur, my guy Arthur, pulls Harry aside before getting on the train to tell him. Uh, good on Arthur. Harry tells him, like, hey, I already know. I overheard you guys talking last night. Sorry. Arthur is is very serious about the whole thing, and he's he's trying to get Harry to promise him that he won't go looking for Sirius Black, no matter what he hears. And Harry's, like, confused by this. He's like, why would I go looking for someone that's trying to kill me? 
he has to jump on the train. This isn't really finished. Uh, which this this is interesting. What I I I'm I'm glad Arthur told him. Uh, I like Arthur a lot, and I think he did the right thing here. Um, but I'm curious as to what the wrinkle is of why Harry <clears throat> would want to go looking for him. So that's that's interesting. Um, they're on the train and they see their new uh, data teacher, Prof Lupin. He's asleep. Uh, they assume he's the new data teacher because that's like the only vacancy or whatever. My fucking boy, dude. Um. Oh yes, we'll we'll get to we'll get to Lupin. Um, Harry tells the other two everything about what he heard, and then they notice Harry's sneakoscope that he got from Ron is going crazy. Uh, what what is the deal with this thing? It like it goes crazy when like people are doing something <clears throat> distrustful. Yeah, uh, I mean the idea is like if there's somebody close by that you shouldn't be like that you shouldn't trust. Okay. Uh, then it's gonna go off. Gotcha. So there's the only the four of them of them in this train car. The three the three main fools and then Lupin and it's going crazy. <laughs> They're convinced it's broken. You know what this reminded me of is the thing that happens in Dragon Ball Z all the time when they're using the scouters and it's like uh, his power level is so crazy high. This scouter's obviously broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this immediately reminded me of. Of like they're just immediately like, oh, obviously we're all trustworthy here. This sneakoscope is obviously broken, and I'm like, you dipshits. Yep. Uh, that's I I loved that. That's immediately what it reminded me of. Um. Oh, Hermione's talking about Hogsmeade here. She says that it's uh. It was the inn where the headquarters for the 1612 Goblin Rebellion took place, and the Shrieking Shack, which is supposed to be the most severely haunted building in Britain. I didn't realize things could be severely haunted. That sounds amazing. Um, does this shack just, like, shriek constantly, I assume? Is that why it's called the Shrieking Shack? Uh, it, yes, sure. Okay, sure. That's, That's how it got its name. Gotcha. Well, it's severely haunted, which I just found funny for some reason. <laughs> severely haunted. Uh, Harry tells them he can't go to Hogsmeade, and <laughs> Ron here. Oh my god, this dipshit. Ron is like, "Oh no, you'll. We can go to Hogsmeade. You, we'll, we'll figure out a way. Surely Black won't attack you while we're with him." And Hermione is like, Ron, you dipshit. Sirius Black killed 13 people. You think he's going to give a fuck if we're with him? <laughs> God damn it, Ron. Ron is a fucking idiot. Ron man. thinks he's apparently hot shit that's going to stop Sirius Black from attacking Harry. And Hermione's like, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. Um, the voice of reason, as always. So here the train stops suddenly, it goes dark, and then this Nazgul-ass-looking mofo uh, comes aboard, and this is where Lupin wakes up, and he's like, serious, serious business. Uh, Harry gets really cold, and he blacks out, wakes up, the train is moving again, and the Nazgul is gone. I'm probably just going to call them the Nazgul, by the way. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Lupin explains that the de- that was a Dementor of Azkaban, and he gives him chocolate. 
Harry's like, what the fuck happened? Hermione's like, you, you basically, she, the way she explains it sounds like Harry had a seizure. Uh, Hermione's like, Lupin told the Dementor to go because none of them were hiding black, but it didn't move. So he blasted it away with a silverly light from his wand. Lupin then makes a quip about the chocolate he gave them. I think he gave them all chocolate, but none of them were eating it. And then Lupin kind of smiles at Harry and he's like, you know, I didn't poison that chocolate, bro. I like Lupin already. He seems super cool. Um, he he comes up clutch here. He blasts the, the Nazgul ass away. He makes this cool quip about the chocolate. Already he seems rad. Dude, Lupin... Uh, Lupin is, oh man, Lupin is a, I think a top three character for me. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, he's no Crookshanks, but. <laughs> Lupin is just so good, man. He, his his character is, fuck, man, I love him to death. Okay, that's cool. That's that's yes. good to hear. I, I liked him immediately. I, I like the way she describes him. He's kind of like shabby. He's got like all patched robes and shit, but yep. obviously he knows his shit and he comes up clutch, They, which comes up again here. They get to the school. McGonagall wants to see Harry, Harry and Hermione, but not Ron, which Ron feels left out, which I find funny because he's a dipshit. <laughs> oh, uh, also, by the way, uh, Lupin is played by David Thewlis, uh, who's a fucking baller. I know that name. What else is he in? He's in... Uh, did you ever see that movie where Eddie Redmayne plays... Um, uh, who's the crazy genius guy that just recently died? Oh, who's I know disabled. what movie you're talking about. No, I didn't see that movie. Um, well, he plays a professor in in that. Um, what else is he in? Well, he's no Lockhart. What's the guy's name that played Lockhart? Oh, that I don't I know. You you know his name? I did. I can't think of it right now. Anyway. Uh, oh yeah, he's in Dragonheart too. Apparently, think, he's in The Big Lebowski. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Really? And he's in the Wonder Woman movies as well. Who is he in The Big Lebowski, does it say? Let me check. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He's Ares in the first Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Yes. He is a cool dude. He's cool. Yep. Yes. I, I was like, I can picture him, I think. But yes, yes, he's Ares in the Wonder Woman movies. Yeah, he's a cool actor. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they get to the school. McGonagall wants to see Harry and Hermione, but not Ron. Uh, Lupin owled ahead and told her that he had a run-in with the Dementor, and McGonagall wants the nurse to check him out. Um, the, the, the nurse and McGonagall are like, we need to get him chocolate. And Harry's like, oh, Lupin already gave us chocolate. And the nurse, Madame Pomfrey's like, did he now? So we finally got a defense against the dark arts teacher who knows his remedies. And I'm like, ah, hell yeah, Lupin. Like, yep. coming, up, coming up big already. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, he, he obviously knows his shit. So that gets all squared away. Um, they go out to the feast. Dumble explains about the Dementors being there at the feast. And he casually mentions that invisibility quokes won't work on them. I wonder who that's benefit that is for. <laughs> well, hey, look, in in all fairness, invisibility cloaks are accessible to people. Like Oh, like, really? Like, yes, like you you can you can go to the store and buy 
a cloak of invisibility. Oh, that's kind of lame. I was under the impression this was like a super cool, rare artifact well, from his dad. Harry's is. Oh, okay, thanks, ruiner of store things. I, I, ho- I hope that that's... A, I mean, I feel like that's okay to, to say. Fine. I don't think you have a lot of context, so... Okay. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, he says invisibility quirks won't work, and he introduces the two new teachers, uh, Lupin, obviously being the new dark Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and apparently Snape already hates him. They make a big deal about how Snape is glaring at him. And there's this whole thing. This is the several times they've brought this up is that how badly Snape wants to be the defense against the dark arts teacher, which I just don't buy because every book they're like, oh, Snape really, really wants to be the defense against the dark arts teacher. And then also every book Dumble's like, man, we had a fucking time trying to find a defense against the dark arts teacher. No one wants the job. I can't fill it. What are you going to do? So... If Snape really wanted to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, I think he could have gotten that job by now. That's my rant about how that's bugged me for like three books now. This is unbelievably hard. <laughs> like my dick. Anyway. Um... <laughs> we're going we're gonna to cut to an ad read right at the end, like before you... <laughs> Like my dick. Hey, guys, we're here to tell you about. <laughs> we really should. That would be amazing. Um. Anyway. Oh, by the way, the other teacher is Hagrid. Da, 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 da. Uh, this is a great line here from Dumble also. I'm sorry to tell you that Professor Kettleburn, which I'm pretty sure that's the first they've ever mentioned him, our care of magical creatures teacher retired at the end of last year in order to enjoy more time with his remaining limbs. <laughs> that's that's fucking rad. <laughs> Who says something like that? That's Dude, amazing. Dumble just slips him in, man. Yeah. It's so good. I'm assuming this is implying that uh, he's, while taking care of all these magical creatures, some of these magical creatures yes. have maybe snapped off a few of his limbs i think uh, i think that is the implication it's yes pretty good that that's what i took from it and i found that very funny um so yeah hagrid gets to be the new teacher he's overjoyed he's like crying and bawling uh, which is good for him love hagrid they they basically cleared his name in the last book and now i guess now that that is cleared from him he can be a teacher now so Good, good for Hagrid. And that is the end of chapter five. Um, yeah, I, so there's a couple things that you left out. Okay. That uh, I do think should have been noteworthy. Okay. Is uh, Harry fainting with yeah, the I mean, I Dementor. Okay, he had like and, a straight up seizure. Yeah, and uh, and he heard a woman screaming. Oh, yeah, they did mention something about screaming. Was it a yeah. woman specifically? I thought he just heard. I thought it was uh, multiple I'm screaming. Pr- I'm pretty sure they say it's a woman. Either way. Um. Yeah, he's yeah, like the only one that fully passed out. Like that, everyone that's, else was that's freaked what I was out. Say. Yeah, everyone else was like freaked out by the Dementors, but I think even like uh, bitch boy Draco makes fun of him for like passing out. Exactly. Yeah. It. It is. It, it's just the Dementors are affecting him. I guess more so than sure 
everybody else. Obviously, I mean, he fucking fainted, so. These Dementors seem an awful lot like uh, bad, evil creatures for being um, on the good side. So, I wonder if that'll ever have any relevancy on anything that's a that's a pretty fair observation they're uh i mean yeah they're employed by so they're employed by the by the ministry to guard uh azkaban um and as i'm sure you have probably gathered through their interaction with them on the train is they kind of in a way feed off of like souls right like ish yeah like, they I feed off of like they sap happy happiness ha- happiness is specifically what they said i i can't i think it was it was one of the weasleys said something about like how they're trying to comfort harry basically when he's like dude i passed out what the fuck and they're like nah dude dementors are like messed up like dad went and visited them or dad had to go to Azkaban one time, and he was like super freaked out about it. I think they say specifically they feed on happiness. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're like sucking like happy emotions out of an area or something. That's yeah. That that's a pretty good way to put it. So yeah, they're. I think a good way to look at it is like they are employed by the ministry, and their form of payment is like y'all can enjoy all the fucking you guys can have fun sapping out and making sure that these prisoners are fucking miserable jesus that's messed up yeah it's fucked up it, they're they're not yeah so they're they're definitely not a good species but they no. they are effective ish at what they do at at ish, making yeah. at making their lives uh terrible right they do specify i don't think i mentioned this they do specify that supposedly sirius black was like the first ever escapee from the first escapee ever yeah yeah um so i guess suppose they're they're pretty good at their jobs yeah i i guess my question about them is is how can do they have trouble splitting time between azkaban and chasing frodo and the one ring down Look, man, these Dementor don't ride badass fucking, dra- like, what are they called? The uh, Oh, like the winged beasts thing? Yeah, what is it? No, they're, they're, na- they're a named beast. I can't they remember are. The name of- but, uh, I can't remember what it is. But No, I'm kidding. They do super remind me of the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, though. The ring Just race? The way- yeah, the ring race, the way they're described. I'm like, oh, who's this Nazgul-ass-looking mofo? <laughs> yeah um, no that's that, that's fair uh yeah. you're definitely not the only person that's ever said that so right i mean that's... listen at this point in fantasy how many original creatures are there you know everything's been done i get it i'm not yeah. you know, I'm every to... series has a has a pirate that looks like a clown for sure yeah <laughs> yes for sure <laughs> long live buggy the clown um yeah uh i i am so, so I think I mentioned this at the top. Not a lot happened in these yeah, chapters. That, and, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a fault. Um, you know, in in previous chapters, things had happened, but it was dumb stuff. It was, hey, let's have a magical flying car adventure that I just had a lot of fun shitting on. This was a lot of setup, and I'm totally fine with that. It's just, you know, like I said, temper your enthusiasm maybe a little bit for this episode, buddy, because. 
there's setup here, but nothing really huge happens. I mean, we meet the Dementor. That that's that. I, look, that I think that that's super fair. I mean, if right. you look back at at the Chamber of Secrets, take the first five chapters of that book and compare it to the first five chapters of this book. Although mm. they're not farther necessarily farther along in the story, you can already expect more from the story with what's happened in these five chapters compared yes. to what happened in the first five chapters of Definitely. you know of that. So it's, I mean, it, it's starting stronger. It's just, you know, oh, I mean, obviously it's paced out. Definitely starting stronger. Like this was, this was a lot of interesting setup. Um, you know, we got to meet Lupin who I already like and I find interesting, you know, there's all the se- serious black setup. There's the, you know, the big dog creature that Harry sees. So we are moving in interesting directions and I, I, I am interested to see where it goes. Um, hell yes we banana bread at work (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah bro i i don't know if you want to get into this now but i have a worry for the series as a whole do do you want me to to get into this yeah let's do it man that's what this podcast is for okay okay here's i i had as i was reading these chapters i had this as a bit of a thought an epiphany I don't know how much, and I could be totally wrong on this, but I don't know how much I will be able to fully enjoy this series because I know that at the end of the day, it is about Harry mainly, but the three main characters, these kids, right? And I want it to be, meanwhile, about the cool badass wizards, the adults in the background. And I feel like at times I'm waiting for that, for their storylines to take over more and more. And maybe they will. But like I said, at the end of the day, I know who this story is about. It's about Harry Potter. And I think just even that is like, I, I mean, maybe his story gets way more interesting and will turn will draw me in way more than I ever thought it could. But I just don't care about Harry Potter. That's uh, that's an that's an all right observation. I I I have to agree to an extent. Like I I don't think there's ever been a point in my entire life. And keep bear in mind, I mean, I, I started reading these when I was a kid. Right. So most kids would be like, hell yeah, Harry Potter. Right, I don't right, think I right. I don't think I ever was like a Harry Potter specifically a Harry Potter fan. That's 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 actually a question I had for you. I, I wondered if this was me coming at it as an adult, being like, "Well, no, I want to see these adult stories, and I want to know more about you know their interesting stories." Whereas you reading them as a kid, were you more into like Harry and Ron and Hermione specifically? I was more into. Hermione, sure. for sure. Uh, but no, I was very much into some of the other some of the other characters that you will meet, okay. or have met, but just maybe haven't been put in the spotlight. The, the thing is, is is, and I understand that this can be a flaw in in storytelling with a protagonist, but mm. there's a lot of outside factors that affect Harry's story. It, it, as opposed to Harry affecting everybody's right. things, which I, I can understand and I can appreciate that. 
Um, but I mean, obviously in order to get to the end of the story, you have to allow those things to happen. And, and I take them for what they are like, sure. Again, I mean, I almost said his full name. Lupin is the, is one of my absolute favorites. I've told you that McGonagall is one of my absolute favorites. I mean, so there, there's, trust me, they have their time to shine and do their things. The sure. story is not about them, and I will never right. say that. Right. But the the roles that they play are, I mean, in the same way that, you know, that, that fucking Hachi, you know, is like <laughs> just a baller. I mean, obviously, they're along, they're around for a lot longer, but like, I don't know. Uh, they, they really, really aid, and they give a lot of substance and a lot of, enjoyable moments and also add a lot more layers to it just being like oh it's just harry potter right sure so i i think you'll get some of what you're looking for but but i do think that that's a fair and a very self-aware observation because i mean you're right it is harry potter story right right and and i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is you know i will appreciate and i will enjoy when they get their moments to shine and i will like that but I think what will hold me back, and, and listen, you know, I could eat my words, you know, three books down the line and totally go back on this. But what I fear is going to totally hold me back, or I, what, what is going to hold me back from completely loving this story is, you know, I want it, I want them to take center stage, you know, I want it to be about them because even just the superficial things I know about like your McGonagall's you know the very little I know about Lupin Dumbledore even Snape it's like I if they took center stage and it was a it was their story if it was about them I know I would enjoy that more and I mean like you said I'm sure they'll get their moments to shine I'm sure you know a lot will be you know revealed about them but then at the end of the day it is it is Harry Potter's story and that is just less interesting to me it's it's less appealing to you that's 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 fair right and that and that's a personal thing you know i'm not saying that's that's a bad thing oh the book should have been written differently that's a personal me thing is like in most anything (laughs) even as a kid i like hated kids and things i can remember there was a transformers cartoon uh that i watched as a kid that had like kids in it that hung out with the autobots and i was like always pissed off because i was like get these fucking kids out of this cartoon i want to see the, see the cool robots do shit i don't give right. a fuck about these kids and their problems well i i will say i will say that in if part of it is a matter of maturity there it, it definitely starts to step its game you know i mean like in a cartoon children are endlessly children right 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 you know what i mean like Harry, Ron, Hermione—they grow—they do grow up. Sure, sure. So, uh, so yeah, I get they, that. You'll get some of that maturity, but also I feel like there's a part of it that you really, really, really like multiple storylines coming together. Yes. So, again, loosely, and in the margins, we will have a lot of that, but unfortunately, not a lot of that is followed in a godlike perspective. Sure. Sure. So it, and yeah. and this is this and again this isn't this is a me thing more than anything. I am always going to be most interested in the things that I I don't see. You know the things I that are in the margins, as yes. I like to say, the things that are like you hear whispers about, the things at the edge of the world that are like crazy and no one knows about and that aren't explained. 
but those are the, exactly the things because I can't have them. Those are the things I want to know about, you know. So it's yeah. like the little tidbits we get of these characters. It's like, oh no, I want I want to know more about them. And I right. get it. That's a me thing. As, I, I think know. I think to to kind of close up this I, I, again to reiterate. I think that's a super fair, self aware observation. Mm-hmm. I do. I do think my expectation is is not necessarily that you will fall in love with the story. Sure. But my expectation is that you will be impressed and understand that there are a lot more layers to the story than than you probably ever more more appreciative of it as a story. As a yes. Sure. Yes. I, I'd so. buy that. I, I I can believe it. And yeah, like I said, I <laughs> I didn't mean to get really into the weeds here. Of like, no, this is good well, combo. Two books and five chapters in, I already know how I'm gonna feel about this whole thing. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe me and all of my fellow Potterheads can prove you wrong, but maybe they can. Listen, I I, I look forward to the challenge. I guess I don't know. <laughs> cool. Well, that's gonna end the episode. We uh we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us for this long. Um, we are extremely excited, or I am extremely excited to get farther into this book. Hopefully Scott shares some of that sentiment. But um, anyway, like I said, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, Go check us out on the We Don't Wanna One Piece series, which releases every Friday uh, at midnight. So when you wake up Friday morning, uh, that thing will be ready for download. Um, And uh, stay following us with this series every Monday. Same thing. Every Monday morning, this thing will be ready for download. If you'd like to stay a little bit more up to date with what we're doing day to day and uh, maybe other fun things that we've got going on, hit us up on either Twitter or Instagram at We Don't Want a Pod. Thanks again, guys. Bye.